0: Until one year and a half ago, I would have answered that for the moment 3D is more like 2.5D, like putting something on a globe, spinning the globe, everybody's happy, but it's not real 3D.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Mapscaping podcast. My name is Daniel and this is a podcast for the geospatial community. My guest on the podcast today is Simone Giornachini. He is the founder and director of GeoSolutions. He's actually been on the podcast before. Last time he was on, we were talking about GeoServer, and I will be sure to put a link to that episode in the show notes for you. And this time we're going to be talking about another open source geospatial software called MapStore. Just before we get started today, I want to remind you that I do love to hear from you. So if you have any comments or feedback about this episode or any of the episodes here on the Mapscaping podcast, please reach out to me. I I would love to hear from you. Hi Simone, welcome back to the podcast you've been on previously and last time we were talking about GeoServer and this time we're going to be talking about something called MapStore. Just in case people don't listen to the episode about GeoServer, perhaps you could just take the time to introduce yourself to the audience and give us a, a brief sort of understanding of how you got involved in Geospatial.
0: I am the one of the founders and right now I'm the director at GeoSolutions Italy and I also work with Luis Bermudez uh, uh, to support our US office. How I got involved with GIS, it's been a long time ago. I was actually coming from a completely different field. I was doing uh, business project management uh, platforms for finance and insurance in Italy. And I got an offer from a NATO center in uh, Northern Italy to work on GIS, uh, which was completely new to me, but I liked uh, the challenge, so I joined them. It was supposed to be a six month contract. I stayed there uh, three years. I started working with Map Server, but all their infrastructure was based on uh, Java and they were actually an ESRI shop, but they wanted to experiment with open source. So we switched to GeoServer and that's how I got involved with developing with open source, not just using open source. We developed all the raster, the original raster part of GeoServer because at the time GeoServer was only uh, vector data. So we developed the raster data and that's how it basically started.
1: So what is it that GeoSolutions does? Do you develop open source geospatial solutions? Or do you build on top of existing ones? Could, could you give us a brief understanding of that side of the business? Uh,
0: this is actually a, a question I ask of I, uh, sorry answer often. We are a software house, basically. We work in terms of uh, developing, customizing, extending a number of open source projects for the GeoSpecial, like uh, GeoServer, MapStore, GeoNode, and also GeoNetwork. We don't just use this software. We have core convictors on all of them. So most of our work is uh, somehow about services around these products. We do build vertical uh, solutions or custom tailored solutions, mixing them up if you want, but we also provide support services to other organizations that are using them in their own uh, geospatial platforms.
1: So again, we've already published an episode around GeoServer. Today we're going to be talking about MapStore. And just so the listeners understand, could you give us a bit of a brief introduction to MapStore? What, What is it?
0: Well, I'll try to make it as simple as possible. We usually define it as an open source uh, web GIS product. It basically means it's a client-side application with respect to products like GeoServer or MapServer or GIS servers. It's what can, you can use to build uh, geospatial portals, mapping application and other sources of information in order to create uh, end-user visualization if you want. I, we usually say it's a product because it comes... As a easy to use uh, geospatial portal. And that's the way it is used by a number of uh, small public administrations, like towns and counties, and so on. But it's also a framework because you can build on top of it and you can create uh, advanced uh, geoportals. And that's how we use it for most of our clients in the private sector that are using it as a front end to build uh, data as a service platforms.
1: Okay, so we've got this front end application called MapStore. You've said a couple of times already that it's an open source product. Could you give me an idea of what open source license it's published under, just so people have an understanding of what they're dealing with?
0: It's a very permissive license. There was a a huge debate when we started with MapStore. The current version is what we call MapStore 2, although we don't use the number any longer. The previous version had, had a pretty restrictive license, but we weren't too happy about it because it was actually... It was GPL at the time. It was actually a showstopper for many people. It's also probably a little bit of, let's say, fear of the unknown, if you want, because I mean, in the end, GPL is not really a showstopper, but it was. So we decided to go for something much, let's say, as people say, commercial-friendly for MapStore 2, and it's basically BSD. This means you can pretty much do whatever you want with it, and there is very little you need to give back to the project or in terms of advertising that it's a GeoSolutions project. It's super commercial friendly. It's one of the most permissive licenses. Some people, purists of open source would not be happy about this, but uh, we try to balance also the the, uh, ability for uh, commercial clients to use it with uh, the will from our side to keep it as open source.
1: Okay, so we've got this front-end application. It's open source. It has this permissive license. It's commercial friendly. I guess the next question is, what is it a front-end to?
0: Well, it started as the usual uh, WebGIS product. It's actually building maps. You can pull in uh, layers coming from uh, WMS services, OGC, WFS, WMTS. It supports GeoJSON and other stuff. But then we tried to evolve a little bit beyond the simple uh, web mapping application. So we started to introduce the ability to create widgets. Uh, for some of these advanced functionalities, you might need to use GeoServer. They work together very well, although it's not a strict dependencies. Uh, So you can build uh, maps and you can add charts on the maps, like counting things, showing charts, uh, putting tables where you see the raw data behind the map and so on. You can build uh, dashboards, which is let's say an advanced version of maps with charts. You can have a dashboard with multiple maps, multiple widgets linked to each other. So when you move the maps, the widgets update. You can filter a table and update the map and so on and so on. And last year we released also a storytelling Extension which allows you to build uh, what we call GeoStories. So it goes beyond the simple map or the dashboard. It allows you to create uh, compelling stories with your geospatial data, mixing also videos coming from YouTube or Vimeo or uh, images or uh, documents and so on.
1: Okay, so w- when you talk about GeoStories, some of the listeners might be familiar with ISRI story maps. Is GeoStories something similar?
0: Obviously, it is. It's, uh, it's something we have been working on for a while. In the past, we used to use this uh, open source project. I don't remember the exact name. It should be StoryMap.js, which is pretty popular. And we use it uh, for a while. We were actually thinking about integrating that into MapStore. And then we decided to create our own extension. It's been actually quite a lot of work because we believe it's, uh, it's an important side of the geospatial data to be able to create storytelling using it not just beyond uh, not just maps if you if you know what i mean but being able to go a little bit beyond and mix with other sources of information that are usually pretty important like uh, as i said videos images or documents
1: okay so you covered a lot of these front-end applications that we could we can build with this product with with map store but earlier on i asked you about what it was a front-end too so we, we now have an understanding of what we can do with it we understand that we can use it as almost like a collection hub for, for different OGC services, I would imagine. What, what about if we have a geo server installed? What about if we are serving our own products via Map Server or QGIS Server? Do we have any advantages in terms of Map Store and the functionality when we have our own local server?
0: This is a, a complementary application with respect to something like Map Server or QGIS Server. Uh, like it is for GeoServer. So those guys are actually the guys that stays in the backend and they do the heavy lifting. MapStore sits in the front end and it's basically what your users will be interacting to. So you will be pulling data and layers from a map server or QGIS server and showing them on a map or inside the geostory or in a dashboard. It's something you put in addition to your uh, pure OGC services. If you want, it's on a side, the front end for your users, but it's also the glue between the different services you might have that creates something that is actually usable for your end users. If you're using QGIS, then you can connect obviously directly to the back-end services. But let's say that the normal citizen of actually the city of Boson that you use in MapStore. It's actually not knowing about GeoServer or MapServer or even Oracle behind. It just wants to look at the maps on on a website, and that's what MapStore is.
1: Sometimes when we build these front-end applications, we we want a certain amount of user administration. We want to be able to say, some people can see this profile, some people can see that profile, some people can see these other things and perhaps interact with the data in a different way. Some of these back-end products, Applications that we've talked about previously, they have user administration built into them. Is there a tight coupling through MapStore to the backend products like like GeoServer, for example, so we can use the built in user administration there? Or does MapStore do something differently?
0: Uh, it does both. With GeoServer, you can integrate authentication and uh, authorization between the two, and you can create and administer users from MapStore. Or, for example, in a more enterprise environment, you might have an external LDAP server or a single sign-on server like CAS or Keycloak that does end on most of this part, so you can integrate uh, MapStore with it. It depends a little bit on your uh, on your setup. In the simplest setups that we usually do, we integrate directly users and groups, uh, which means authentication and authorization between MapStore and GeoServer, and we manage them in MapStore. In enterprise environments, usually things are a little bit more complicated, or if you want sophisticated, you might have something that does a single sign-on, so it keeps the session as you jump between application, and you can have like a storage for the credentials and the identities like, as I said before, LDAP or something else. In that case, MapStore integrates with this application. Likewise, a GeoServer or MapServer or QGIS server should do.
1: That obviously applies to who can see this data. Is there opportunities through MapStore to manipulate the data, to perhaps edit the data? And if so, can we also apply those same user administration roles to those kinds of activities?
0: Yes, Uh, MapStore supports transactional WFS, uh, so you can basically edit the vector data. Plus, there is the map own resources, if you want. The maps, the dashboards, the, the geostories. You can decide who can see what and who can modify what. Because apart from modifying the data, you can put a map on the web and it might be public, it might not be public. So you can decide... Uh, that i mean even if the individual layers are public you can still decide to put your map behind authentication so not everybody is able to see it this can for example be a good use for uh, quality assurance uh, before publishing something to everybody you publish it only to certain group of users you collect feedback and then you open it up to everybody when you're at
1: with that idea does that mean i can have like a a sandbox application of map store would i have to be running two separate installations of map store or could i have my sandbox in like a private area and then have a production area somewhere else?
0: Well again it depends in uh, larger uh, enterprise environments we tend to have multiple environments you know uh, dev uh, staging, uh, QA, pre-prod whatever. I've seen up to five to six environments. So in that case, there is no choice. You need to be able to to have multiple instances. For the smallest installations, you don't need to do that. Every time you create a resource by default, if I remember correctly, it's private. So unless you explicitly say everyone can see it, this is going to be public. So you can easily have things that are uh, private to you, private to certain groups, or if you want, visible only to certain groups, or visible to everybody.
1: You just mentioned before this idea of creating a resource a resource, the, the maps, the, the dashboards, the, the Geostories. Is that what we're
0: talking about? These are the resources inside the or itself. For example, when you put together a map in the, the map itself inside Geostory, you will store transparent information like which layers you're showing, if you're looking at them tiled or untiled, the size of the tile, which styles you want to use for that layer, type of info format that you want to see when you click, and so on and so on. These are things that are not belonging to the backend services, but it's belonging to how you want to present that map to the end user.
1: Yeah, and styling of data is really, really important. What kind of styling tools are available in in MapStore?
0: There is a decent, I would say, styler uh, that works with GeoServer because it supports SLD and and GeoCSS. Uh, This is one of the things where we only support GeoServer Obviously, I mean, because it's one of our tools. Also, because between different tools, there are uh, different standards and it would be very difficult to support them all. Just think about QGIS server uses QML. Map server has its own thing. SLD is kind of the Esperanto, but if you want to do nice styling on QGIS or Map server, you need to use their own styling. So we decided to, for the moment, support only only GeoServer. And this is also, for example, integrated in Geonode. So when in Geonode, you create styles, Uh, you use the the MapStore style editor.
1: We talked about editing data. We've talked about styling data. Can I also use it as a collection method for data where people can upload data through MapStore and I can either process it somehow in the back end or serve it out again via GeoServer?
0: We thought about that, but then as we started to... Uh, work more and more uh, with GeoNode, which integrates GeoServe and MapStore, we decided to leave out this functionality. If you want this functionality, you need to go a step beyond and use GeoNode. We have done customizations for some clients in their own uh, data as a service infrastructure, where you can uh, upload the data through MapStore, but this is not available in the MapStore product. In our uh, suite of products, it's GeoNode that supports this functionality.
1: So I I know from previous conversations with you that, App Store is in constant development. Can you give us an idea of what kind of functionalities we can expect to see in the future?
0: There is actually uh, a few things that are we are deeply improving, and we mentioned them. It's uh, dashboards. We are adding more widgets. Geostories, we are adding new components. And the Styler, we are working on uh, more advanced styling functionalities in order to be available in... Uh, in map store uh, in cooperation with geo server in terms of larger chunks of work like completely new stuff it's always uh, let's say difficult to, t- to talk about these things for open for real open source products because the let's say agenda is a little bit mandated also by client funding but there is one thing that we want to do at all costs which is better support for 3d meaning 3d tiles map store supports it's actually uh, let's say, web uh, mapping engine ag- agnostic. It doesn't depend on OpenLayers or Leaflet or Cesium. It has an abstraction layer and it can use all of the three. It actually use OpenLayers by default for desktop applications, and it switches to Leaflet or mobile with a simplified version. It also supports Cesium, although we are working on uh, supporting a newer version of Cesium. Uh, why? Because we want to be able to support 3D tiles. LiDAR is becoming widespread, In all our clients, they have all this LiDAR data they're not using, but also 3D in terms of 3D meshes and so on. Being able to to, to make use of this data inside uh, geoportals would be very important, and this is something that we're starting to experiment right now.
1: So this might be a really naive question, but when we're talking about that, it sounds like we're talking about the support for visualization of these 3D tiles. We're not necessarily talking about creating 3D tiles on the back end.
0: I think I mentioned this for GeoServant, uh, MapStor is not involved and will not be involved in this generation. This will be, uh, let's say, taking care of someone else in our, uh, our seat of products. As long as MapStor is involved, it's more about consuming them. There is a number of uh, companies whose work is actually to collect this data, produce this data, clean this data and making it available. They also usually make available their own portals because obviously their goal is to, you know, seclude the clients inside their own portals. But we have many cities that are already using Mapstore that wants to make use of this data. So they said, uh, "I don't want to use your portal. I want to extend my portal and I want to call to access your data, which you." collected for me, and I want to make this available. So as a baseline, MapServer should should be able to not depend on GeoServer or anything else of our own in order to access this data. Obviously, we have interest in being able to be independent also for the backend. But likewise, I said for QGISF and MapServer, we don't depend strictly on GeoServer. But obviously, if you have GeoServer, you can do more advanced stuff. And I think we will follow this, uh, let's say, idea and this way of working also for the future for this 3D stuff.
1: So sometimes when, we, when you talk about things like MapStore, for example, it, it does a lot of stuff. It, it's difficult on a podcast to really get a feel for what it can actually do, what it might look like, what it might feel like when we're using it. Is there any sort of demo versions of this anywhere on the web where we can go and try it out for ourselves?
0: You can actually go to mapstore.geosolutionsgroup.com and there is a demo with a number of maps, dashboards, and stories available. If you play with Geonode on the demo.geonode.org, you will see MapStore integrated inside Geonode. So if you want a different kind of a demo, you can also upload your data and so on, but it's still MapStore at use in a a separate application.
1: Is there anything I'm not asking you about MapStore? Is there anything we've missed?
0: I think that the most important thing is that we are trying to cover many scenarios with MapStore and we are trying to go... Behind simple mapping, as I said, to give let's say other type of visualization and uh, life, if you want, to geospatial data with charts, dashboards, and, uh, and geostories, it can be used uh, as a product, as I say. So you can download it and use it as is. Uh, you can connect it quickly to your OGC services and start producing maps but it's also, and we are actually pushing more and more in this direction with some of our clients. It can also be used as a framework to create more compelling and advanced applications. We are working right now with the city of New York who is looking into adopting it for replacing their uh, mapping application. And we should be come up with uh, a new dashboard as an example uh, pretty soon. It will be the first example that they will adopt and they want to use it as a framework. So this is another thing that we are working on And that will be more important in the future. So becoming more of a, if you want, uh, an SDK for developers to build uh, quickly uh, their own application without being depending on uh, on any backend service. Like uh, you know, as I said, to a certain extent, GeoServer, but not even uh, QGIS Server, Server, Carto, whatever. A a very quick but powerful SDK for uh, web mapping.
1: You think everybody who's got data now? When we think about bigger organizations or perhaps municipalities. Do you think everyone who's got geospatial data is putting it online already? I wonder sometimes when I, I talk to folks like you, if this is not already being done, like if people aren't, everyone has got data, has got it online already in some kind of mapping application. Is that what you
0: experience? Well, yes and no, if you want. Uh, the situation, it's very different, obviously, across the world. Uh, as you might know, in Europe, we have the Inspire Directory, so uh, that is actually a mandate Uh, although there is no money behind it, but that's another story, for publishing geospatial data according to certain standards. In the US, the situation is uh, similar, although there is probably a little bit less of a push on the standards. But still, I always find people who are actually not publishing data enough. We do work a lot also with public administration in order to build uh, intranet geoportals, if you want. Not everything they produce is actually visible to the citizen and shouldn't be, most probably. But uh, the point I've tried to, to make and what I've seen that is changing, we are trying to digitalize interactions in larger cities between the various departments more and more. And I found that the ability to use something like MapStore, it's very important. We have seen this, for example, with the city of Genoa and the city of Florence, which are a two, big, two of our, let's say, oldest and biggest clients for MapStore, but also with the city of Munich. There is... A huge amount of information which is not shared inside the organization, not only outside, and uh, starting to use things like uh, dashboards and maps, it's very important because it makes things visible and trackable very quickly. Also, internal to the organization. Think about energy atlas, roadworks, uh, tracking, and things like that, which are, let's say, hidden in stovepipes, in silos, and departments don't talk to each other.
1: Is there anything that people are doing different when they're displaying data internally in their organization across these different silos? Do they follow the same kind of rules as what we might follow when we're publishing data to the public?
0: Well, yes and no. We are usually talking about data which is sensitive in nature. Uh, It can be, for example, location of accidents inside the city. Uh, It can be energy consumption. It can be as I said, tracking of uh, uh, roadworks or uh, construction sites and so on. So these are information and sometimes they they are not uh, open to the public. So there is a lot, let's say, of sensitiveness, if you want, around it. What we show, what we shouldn't show, how we show it. But I mean, in the end, the, the way we show it is more or less the same. I found, let's say, a little bit more of a push in terms of having... Uh, Summarized information like dashboards, because usually the the important thing is to have people in let's say higher level of the command chain to be able to quickly see what the situation is. So they need something quick, they need something simple, but they need something also easy to understand.
1: Yeah, and and, and that's exactly like the the promise of a dashboard. I think I'm wondering sometimes with these bigger organizations and their prolific use of dashboards, like getting an idea of what the situation looks like right here, right now. Do you see these same people, these same organizations? Are they just as interested as in generating reports based on what the situation is now, or do they just want that sort of snapshot of it now, and then they move off? Or do they want to? Are they interested in capturing that and using it as some form of documentation?
0: All questions. I mean, all my answers, if you want, are biased. But uh, from what I see, when we talk about reports, usually it's something more institutional, if you know what I mean. So it's not something you want to print quickly. If you are, let's say, responsible for the energy consumptions across the city buildings, uh, you want to have these uh, reports, yes, but it's not something you print quickly and you circulate. There is a lot of, you know, politics and decision going on before uh, sharing something like that. So I see this as something linked, but in our... uh, experience it's something different while the dashboard that's why they're used internally they give you a lot of information sometimes even if they're simple a little bit unstructured so you can drill down and, and go deeper the reports usually follow a very strict structure that it's uh, let's say sometimes according to laws and so on so it's usually a different line of work that you do offline with more uh, let's say reporting like tools and sometimes i mean graphic design tools
1: Earlier in the conversation, you talked about focusing on that, the 3D functionality, being able to include 3D data and, and visualize it in MapStore. When you think about the future of web mapping in general, so displaying data, geospatial data on the web and interacting with it, is that the way we're going? Should we expect for everything to be 3D? And if so, are we going to continue to interact with it in the same way that we do today, like dragging like and dragging, dropping, panning around the map, or, or do you see something else on the horizon?
0: I've never been super good at predicting the future. My main uh, (laughs) expertise has always been managing people and solving problems. So my my, uh, answer here is based on what I see and what I see Companies that are much larger and much more successful than, than us are starting to do. Until one year and a half ago, I would have answered that for the moment, 3D is more like 2.5D. Like putting something on a globe, spinning the globe, everybody's happy, but it's not real 3D. But if you look around, I mean, for example, Digital, Digital Globe uh, acquired uh, Viricon and Epsin. uh, The push, for example, at the OGC level for 3D tiles, but also the work from Esri. I think the point here is that there is so much data sitting inside the spatial data infrastructure, if you want, or inside towns, like real 3D data, LiDAR, 3D meshes, and so on, that are simply not used, that people are starting to wonder, what can I do with it? So this is a, a question that we need to answer because some of the people we work with in larger towns are actually starting to find use cases, important use cases that they couldn't solve before, that they could solve right now. With this type of data. So I'm pretty sure this is the push. If you look at what companies are doing, like these large companies, everybody's pushing the direction on 3D, augmented reality, and so on. It's probably also a little bit of the, let's say, nice thing to have for the marketing side. But at this stage, I can tell you that, in my opinion, there is also a push coming from the, the people on the field, the people that had to do something for real, for the citizen, for the for the other people, if you see my point. So I think this is a direction, that is actually getting momentum because there is a real need behind.
1: Thank you very much, Simone. Thank you for coming along and sharing a little bit of information around MapStore, letting us know what it is, what it does, what it connects to and what we can do with it and even where we can try it out. So I'll be sure to include links to some of those resources in the show notes so people can can go along and try it out for themselves and find out more about it. Is there anywhere else I can send people to if they want to learn more uh, about your work and what you do?
0: Well, our website, which is uh, www.geosolutionsgroup.com. That will find information about us as well as about our products.
1: Thank you very much for your time. Really enjoyed the conversation. You're welcome, Say for me. So I really hope you enjoyed that episode with Simone talking about MapStore. I'll put links to GeoSolutions so you can go along to their website and find out a little bit more about some of the other things they're doing. And I'll also include links to the the demo version of MapStore so you can go along there and, and try it out for yourself. During the conversation, Simone mentioned uh, a few other things. He mentioned a piece of software called GeoServer. We've actually recorded a podcast episode all about GeoServer. So there'll be links to that as well in the show notes. And Simone also talked about another open source product called GeoNode. I'll put links to that, to a a demo version of that. So you can play around with that if, if that's something you are interested in. It's also perhaps worth mentioning that we plan to record an episode all about GeoNode sometime in the future. So keep an eye out for that as well. And that's it for another episode of the Mapscaping Podcast. Thanks very much for tuning in again this week. Really, really, really appreciate it. As always, you're more than welcome to reach out to me. I'm most active on Twitter and LinkedIn. Or if email is your thing, you're more than welcome to email me at info at I would really love to hear from you. So please feel free to reach out. And that's it from me. We'll talk again next week. Bye.